Hello and welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show, where we inspire you to live a longer, healthier, happy, and more joyful life. We cover everything you need to know to be optimally healthy in your mind, body, and spirit. Are you ready to become the ultimate version of yourself? Well, let's dive into another episode with your host and guide by your side, Allie West. Welcome to episode number 61 of the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. No matter where you are, what you're doing, I welcome you and I'm grateful to have you on board listening in. Before we get started on today's podcast and before I introduce my guest today, there's a few things that I'd like to point out. There's a bit of help I need from you, the listener, and a few announcements you could say. So let me do them one by one and then we will get stuck into today's episode. The first thing is this, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, what the hell are you doing, man? What are you playing at? Get on it, hit that subscribe button, and you'll be updated with all of my podcast episodes as and when they drop. Secondly, if you can leave me a review, please leave me a review. Reviews go a long way, they help podcasters out, and I am no different, so please do leave me a review. The next thing, Share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're enjoying it, you like the content, tell people about it. Share it on social media. You can tag me in. My handle is Ali West Fitness. That's A-L-I-W-E-S-T Fitness. And I will share it with my friends and followers as well if you tag me. You've got to tag me though. Otherwise, I don't know that you're listening. Next thing, Facebook page. Go and hit like or follow, whatever it is on Facebook. Hit that button on the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast facebook page and then again you'll you'll hear and learn more about me and about the podcast if you go and like that page so just search for the kinetic fitness show on facebook or hit the link in the description of this podcast and hit that like button the next thing as i mentioned on one of my previous podcasts my wife and i are off to finland me and sarah were heading out to finland in february at the end of february and we'd love you to join us. We're going to do an advanced Wim Hof workshop with our good friend Lee Ewan, who's been on the podcast, episode 39, if you want to go back and listen. Lee is a Wim Hof master practitioner. He's a breathing expert. He's also obsessed with the cold and cold therapy. So we're heading out to Finland to do some cold, to do some breathing, to do some meditation, to do some sauna, and we'd love you to join us. So if you're interested in that and you want to learn more about that, again, the description Sorry, the link is in the description of this podcast. So come and join us in Finland. It's going to be epic. That's enough about that. That's enough about the announcements. Let's introduce today's guest and today's area of expertise. Today we're going to be talking all about freediving and my guest is Gert Leroy. Freediving is something that I find fascinating, hence why I decided to reach out to Gert and get him on the show. So a little bit about Gert. Gert is a master freediver. He currently resides in the Philippines, but he's originally from Belgium. In the Philippines, Gert has his own freediving school where he instructs people all the way from beginners to advance in and on the art of freediving and the sport of freediving because it is a sport. And Gert is passionate about helping people to reach a place of peace. And he talks a lot about that in this podcast episode as well. And he also mentions that 
peace is a difficult place to find nowadays in our crazy modern and busy lives and when we are stressed and when we carry a lot of tension it can wreak havoc on our health and well-being as we all know and I've spoken about that many times on this podcast before so free diving he believes gives people a place and a space and a way to relax their bodies and their minds and allow them to get rid of their tension and through his experience and his skills within freediving, he brings this practice and this experience to people, as I've mentioned, all the way from beginners to advanced people. Gert also competes in the sport of freediving as well. So he does uh, record attempts and does his own freediving on a regular basis as well. So he's an expert in this field and I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you. I enjoyed recording it. Gert is a great guy. We got in touch through Instagram and we hit it off on this podcast. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. So let's not waste any more time. Without any further ado, this is episode number 61 of the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast with Gert Leroy. Enjoy. Hey Gert, thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you today? I'm fine, Ali. How are you? I'm great. Where are you currently? I am in the Philippines, in the island of uh, Panglao, which is in the province of Bohol. And uh, Panglao is uh, considered uh, the capital of freediving. Um, the last two, three years, uh, freediving has boomed a lot in uh, Asia and especially in the Philippines. And uh, Panglao is like the mecca of uh, freediving in the Philippines. So you're in the perfect place then? Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm really excited to speak to you. I know we've been trying to pin, pin it down and... Uh, we finally got there, so this is a an area that I'm fascinated by, and it's it's a really exciting and as you say, up and coming and growing sport. Yes, um, so exactly. keen to pick your brain, keen to speak to an expert. All right, man, I'm excited. Okay, before we uh, really dive into some questions, dive. Oh, that's going to come up a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Before we do the questions. Uh, can you tell myself and the listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, so um, I'm originally from uh, Belgium. Um, I have always worked in uh, IT. I'm a, I'm a, I was a software developer. So basically in a former professions, uh, I have built relationships with uh, laptops and computers until um, finally I, I just decided that uh, I wanted something else, you know. I just didn't know what, um, so I started uh, searching and trying out different things, and um, eventually um, I, f- I found uh, freediving, and this has uh, given me a whole new uh, direction in life. How was that then, going from a, a completely different industry and a different area of expertise? Um, how yeah. transition for you? Yeah, the, the answer to this question is, um, I mean, I, I cannot explain this in just a couple of minutes. So uh, basically what you're asking me now is uh, what, what's, what means uh, freediving? What, what, how has freediving changed your life? So um, I've always known that the things I've done in life, uh, they weren't exactly what I was supposed to do. Um, let me explain that. I've always felt that there was more in me that, than the things I was doing, you know? Um, the problem was I never really knew what it was. So there's a lot of people who spend basically their whole lives searching for purpose, searching for um, their passion. And um, for me, it wasn't any different. 
And um, the harder you search, the less you find there sometimes, say. But um, it's only when I discovered freediving that I knew from the very first course, uh, this is something for me. Um, when you find something that you're good at and that you like or even love, then you just uh, jump on it, you know. And uh, that's when I decided uh, I want to become a freediver. I want to take this serious. I want to start training. I want to become a freedive instructor and basically have my whole life uh, well, um, focused on, on the sport and, um, and changing everything. Tell, tell myself then and the listeners get a little bit about how you first got into it and how this journey started and, and when you started uh, freediving, did your courses. Just tell yeah. us about so journey. I, I, basically, uh, I basically, by coincidence, uh, stumbled upon freediving. So I did my first course in um, Koh Tao in Thailand. Um, and on this very first day of this course, this beginner's course, I just knew that um, this was something that I was good at. I mean, it's difficult to explain, but when you hold your breath, everything changes, you know. It's, freediving is different than any other kind of sport I've ever done. You hold your breath, which changes the whole perception, changes your whole uh, emotions, everything you feel, and it just felt good. It felt good being underwater. And another thing is, as a, as a child, I was always a good swimmer. It's only when I grew up, I've, I stopped swimming. And um, yeah, when I discovered freediving, I basically found this connection back with my uh, childhood uh, passion, which uh, was swimming. So um, it's, it's funny how sometimes you need a, a couple of years, or in my case, even two decades in my life, let's say between uh, 20 and 40, because I'm 44 now, to figure out um, what it is that you want. So at, uh, at 40, I started freediving and um, everything has gone pretty fast. And uh, after this beginner's course, I decided to do uh, the following up course. Then I did my master degree. Then I kept on training and I became an instructor. From one thing came another and now I'm basically um, freediving. Freediving is my life, yeah. Awesome. That's amazing to hear that you've... Uh you found your passion, your purpose, and the yes, <laughs> yes, I'm happy about that. Yeah, brilliant. Can you go into a little bit more detail then on on free diving and the ins and outs of it, and the different types, and and maybe some of the, the stuff that you do? Because there'll be people listening to this, and they may have heard the term free diving, but they don't know exactly what's involved and what it means and how it can yes. improve your life and, and help you and, and that kind of stuff. So can you just go into a bit more detail on freediving and what it involves? Yeah, so um, freediving is basically breath hold diving. So you dive, you go underwater while holding your breath. So it's completely different from the scuba diving. Uh, scuba diving, you breathe um, using compressed air. You have, um, what's, what's it called in English? Oxygen tanks, right? So that is what you don't have in freediving. So you're completely free. Um, it, is, it is different. Um, basically, when you go under the surface, there is new laws. There is new um, rules to be followed. Everything that happens above the surface, like in your normal life, uh, like um, your job, like uh, your to-do list uh, you have to complete by t tomorrow, uh, maybe you have a problem with your neighbor. Maybe you have financial problems or relationships problems. Uh, when you free dive, when your feet leave the surface and you go under on breath hold, all of that just disappears. It's, it's a complete new world. It's a mental thing. Um, how would I explain it? It's just you and your breath 
and you're self-surrendering to the big blue to the water. Mm. Um, it's, um, it's a feeling I have never felt before. Maybe uh, some people, they um, like to make the comparison with um, before you were born, you were in your mother's uh, womb, you were um, in, in the water, you were in liquids. So when we free dive, we kind of feel that same sensation to be surrounded by water. And the only thing you do is basically exist. You don't think anymore. You don't worry anymore about what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, do I want to change jobs? Uh, uh, when do I have to pay the, my car insurance or mortgage, whatever? None of that exists. You basically just be. You are, you are underwater. You surrender to the, to, the, to the big blue, to the water, and you just feel harmony. You feel, you feel um, yeah. At peace. You know that yeah, at peace. You know this is your place to be. So it's a very um, introspective something. It's not just a, a sport. It's, um, it's more than that. It is a perfect tool to um, know more about yourself, to look inside of yourself. And there is even a famous quote from, um, if I'm not mistaken, Umberto Palizzari, which is a famous um, freediver. He says, scuba divers, they look around. And freedivers, they look inside. We freedivers, we're not particularly interested in looking at the fish around us. We are more interested in looking inside of ourselves, into our own souls. Because free diving is a perfect tool to get to know more about yourself. You will face your demons. You will face your fears. You will face limiting beliefs. You will face everything that has holding you back in your life. Some thoughts, that, uh, thought patterns that you have put into your head and that you convinced yourself that these were the truth, you know. When you're underwater, there's different rules and you start realizing that these limiting beliefs, they are nothing more than just something that you have put upon yourself. So it's a very liberating um, something. And um, it requires quite some practice because this is not something that happens uh, overnight, you know. You need to train for this. You need to um, have quite some experience to, um, to really master your mind and to overcome all those, all those um, um, emotional and mental uh, obstacles. So it's, yeah, it's quite an interesting uh, thing to do. Yeah, amazing. That sounds just, just incredible. And there's a lot of people are going around their day-to-day -day and, the, and, and living their life searching for that, that, that kind of emotion and that experience of being able to let yes. go, be able to go within themselves. So for me, exactly. an amazing thing to do is uh, in a different kind of environment. Um, I just want to touch on a few things off the back of, of what you just said, Gert. The first one was um, about the fears and, and, and like allowing you and enabling you to overcome them. So can you just go into a bit more detail about how that's worked, maybe for you, from your own perspective and from your own view of how the, the, uh, the sport of freediving or the, the experience that you have when you're holding your breath underwater how that's yes. helped you to deal with these, these obstacles, these fears that you have. And, and if you could maybe share a few of them with myself and the listeners, that would be, that would be amazing. Yes, absolutely. So there is different levels of freedivers, of course. Uh, let's start with beginners. So as an instructor, I have uh, experience with, um, with students and beginning students. So when you follow your very first freediving course, you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. So most um, starters, beginners, they are afraid of running out of breath. So when they go down, 
all they think about is I want to get up as fast as possible to breathe again, which is pretty normal, you know. Um, they've never done this before. The thing is that uh, the human body can uh, hold its breath way longer than you think you can. So I try to explain my students this, that um, they are perfectly capable of, of holding their breath at least uh, twice or three times, even four times the time they think they can. But it's just their brain, their mind playing games on them. So when you die from breath holds, at a certain point, you will feel, you will feel the urge to breathe. Now, the urge to breathe is um, something that we, um, th this is how we describe it in the uh, freediving uh, community. It is your body sending you signals, hey, I have to breathe. But basically, it's not your body, it's more your brain. It's your brain telling you I have to breathe, but your body can keep on going longer. So it's, um, it's a constant uh, measuring between your brain and your body. Um, so the fear that beginning students uh, experience is just a fear of running out of breath, which is um, usually not a problem. And another fear they experience is um, simply the, the thought of going deeper. As you go deeper, there is more pressure from the water. So every uh, 10 meters, you have uh, one atmosphere, one bar more pressure. Um, this is not something on a very shallow dive you will feel physically. But your students, they know, they know there is more pressure from the water as you go deeper. So they already anticipate on it. They already get anxious about it before they even feel it. So these are all um, either mental or physical emotions and fears that as a beginning freediver you have to overcome. Mm. So with um, the depth, yeah. what's, the, what's the kind of... for a beginner, what kind of depths would they be going to? And then somebody that's more advanced. I mean, I know that obviously there's world records where people have gone to crazy depths, but in terms of a beginner, what kind of depths are they going down to? Yeah. So on your first day, uh, we have a maximum of 12 meters. That doesn't mean you have to do 12 meters, but just for security reasons, uh, that's a maximum. And on your second day, if you want, you can go to 20 meters maximum. Now that might sound a lot, but it's very much doable. Um, if you apply the right techniques, the right equalization techniques to clear your ears, if you are relaxed enough, then this is uh, perfectly possible to go to 20 meters deep on your second day. Got you. Let's touch on some of the techniques and what, what kind of techniques would a beginner use to, to get themselves prepared and set up and, and ready to rock with, with free diving? Yeah, so apart from the um, emotional um, the stress they can experience, uh, anxiety. Um, there is also physical things they have to learn, like equalizing the ears. Um, if you do not equalize your ears, the, you will experience a, a pressure in your ears. And if you, if you go deeper, eventually your eardrum will, uh, will burst. This is called an eardrum rupture. Obviously, that's a situation uh, you want to avoid at all costs. So in your beginner's course, you learn how to equalize your ears. There's different uh, techniques for this. Um, if you have done scuba diving before, then you might know the technique called Valsalva, which is basically blowing into your nose while you pinch your nose. So the air has no uh, other way to escape than go through your ears and pop, um, pop your ears. So that is an equalization. A pop of the ears is one equalization. Now there's other techniques as well, um, which is 
for instance, the Frenzel technique, which is uh, named after um, a German uh, officer in the World War II who um, uh, thought to um, dive bomber pilots uh, how to equalize their ears because they were dropping so fast that they were experiencing uh, huge amounts of pressure in their ears. So that's where it comes from, the Frenzel technique. And at a more advanced level, you also have the mouthful technique, which uh, comes down to taking a gulp of air uh, into your mouth and keeping that all the way down and just using this uh, volume of air that is already in your mouth to equalize your ears. Now, this is a technique that is uh, advanced and it can take uh, several months or even years uh, to master this. So that's one thing, uh, equalization. And another thing, uh, I wouldn't so much call this a technique, but it's very important uh, nevertheless. It's your whole body um, uh, composure or the way you, uh, your body position. You have to be relaxed. So one thing uh, you learn in freediving is to be totally relaxed. You cannot tensen up. The moment you tensen up, that's where things go wrong. So in freediving, you have to surrender to the water. And there's only one way to do this, and it is um, mentally to let go of all your negative thoughts and physically to let go of all the tension in your muscles. So uh, I see as an instructor, uh, I see a lot in beginning, um, for beginning freedivers, they tensen up their um, um, arms or hands, or you can see tension in their legs. So I, um, I make them uh, conscious about this. And um, the more they proceed into their course, the more they relax and the more they start enjoying freediving. There's only one way to enjoy a breath hole dive, that is to relax completely. It's, um, it's a weird thing, you know, like, for instance, in the fighting sports, you can tensen up. Um, although it's not recommended, um, you want to have a fight in a, in a loose and a relaxed way. But if you would tensen up, it's not a problem. In freediving, it's always a problem. Tensening up is always a problem. So the more challenging the situation becomes, the more you have to even relax and let go of all tension. And this is quite a challenge for uh, beginning freedivers. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that I've noticed most about experienced freedivers is when you watch them, whether that be on TV or on a YouTube video, they, they, they just look so effortless and graceful and they yeah. use the least amount of, uh, of effort and inertia it's just so relaxed and calm so it's interesting that you point out that because if anybody listening to this has, hasn't actually seen somebody free diving and, and swimming through the water it's so effortless when they do it so that makes complete sense yes yes so we we uh, train a lot for um to optimize our technique because the better the technique the less energy you use and the less energy you use the less oxygen your body consumes so obviously you want to uh, conserve as much oxygen as possible to stay uh, longer underwater and go deeper. Now, if your technique is uh, not optimized, you're going to have to use more leg kicks or more arm strokes or whatever this you're doing. You're going to um, consume more oxygen. So that's what you want to avoid. Mm. I'm going to backtrack a little bit and then move forward. I just wanted to touch on one thing and um, that it's always, it probably comes up a lot for you, but it's a question that I'd, I'd like to ask, and that is about, have you ever had a, any kind of close calls or near-death experiences or something that where you thought, hang on a minute, this is, things are getting a bit gnarly here and something could go wrong? Have you had, had anything like that happen to yourself personally? Yeah. Um, not really. So I'm afraid I'll have to disappoint you on this one. Not really. But, um, well, the, 
one thing happened, but I do not consider this as a real problem because it's actually part of, uh, of competitive freediving. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's part of it, but it, it simply happens. Uh, I blacked out once. It's uh, my first blackout and uh, until now the only one. Yeah. Um, this happened a couple of um, months ago and uh, during a competition. Um, in competitions, you go for maximums, you know. So it is always important to be surrounded by um, a professional safety team. Yeah. So we have, we have safety divers that uh, accompany us on the way back up. And in competitions for deeper dives, we have more than one uh, safety diver. We have, um, for deep dives, most of the time, three safety divers. One that goes to 20, another one that goes to 30. And then we have one that might go to 40, 50 with a motorized um, device uh, called a scooter. Um, now, this is only for um, competitive freediving. You know, in recreational freediving, you usually have like a one uh, safety diver. So coming back to this uh, blackout, um, you know that in competitions, you can go for a maximum because you are basically safe. You know that you're in good hands. And if anything would happen, and that would be like a blackout, and a blackout means when you're losing consciousness, that can happen underwater or it can happen when you surface. Either ways, you need a safety body to hold you and bring you back, um, bring you back uh, to the surface and um, perform a rescue procedure so that you can start uh, regaining consciousness. Now, um, my blackout was a very uh, mild one. I, um, I surfaced and then I still blacked out just for a couple of seconds. So all the safety diver had to do was just hold me so I wouldn't slip back into the water. And uh, two or three seconds later, I just opened up my eyes and um, everything was fine again. So this is um, the worst experience, if, uh, but I don't like to call it this way because, in fact, it was an, uh, a learning experience for me. Yeah. I also know why I blacked out. It wasn't my deepest dive. Uh, it was a 55-meter uh, no-fins dive. And um, at that time, my personal best was 62. So actually, this 55-meter no-fins dive was supposed to be a comfort zone. It was the first day of a three-day competition, and I announced uh, 55 just to just to you know get the feeling and uh, and and be sure I would have a good dive and and have a good start of the three day competition, but unfortunately I blacked out. So this is something that uh, as a free diver you have to think about. Why did it happen? You know, why did I black out on a dive that is supposed to be a comfort zone? And the answer to this is that um, that day I was just not in a good um, in, in a good uh, place. I was uh, frustrated. I was angry at something that happened. And if you are angry, if you are frustrated, your brain consumes a lot of uh, um, oxygen. You don't want to have negative thoughts in your head because that's uh, that's only going to be uh, counterproductive. And um, well, that was another lesson I learned. So. Um, the lesson I learned from this is that um, I have to train more on not letting external factors influence me that much. So it's, um, it's amazing how freediving just uh, makes you a better person. Uh, I, we constantly work on ourselves. We constantly improve uh, our freediving, but at the same time, our personality. So I knew after this blackout that this was basically my own fault, you know, because um, some things that happened, that day I just let it affect me too much so um, if, if this happens again then uh, I just know that I have to find a way to deal with this instead of uh, letting it uh, affect me yeah and, and 
to be honest, that's that's the same as as any sport, isn't it? You you've got to always kind of self-analyze and and check your performance of, of yeah. what went on and why did that happen? Could I have done something different or done it better or been in a better um, uh, state, mind state, body state, spiritual state, etc. Um, exactly. It's great that you've uh, that that you know that it was a lesson that you could take on and adapt and and move forward. So that's that's um, amazingly powerful and there's. There's another thing that kind of came to my my mind as you were speaking there and the fact that you said it's affecting all the other areas and helping you to improve not just your sport but as a human being as well and that is the the fact that because with what you do you're playing around with the breath and the breath work so much that it that's changing your whole biochemistry and your whole kind of mindset and all that kind of stuff so that that i think is a a huge benefit of the particular sport that you do is you're working with the breath all the time. And we already know people that have listened to my podcast regular, how important the, the breathing is and the breath work. So that's amazing. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And that's also one of the things um, I want to bring to a non free diver. So all this knowledge that we gain from free diving one day, I would like to, um, uh, bring this to um, to people who can benefit from this. And that is not only uh, athletes in, in other sports, but that can also be people who suffer from um, from mental disorders like uh, autistic people or uh, children with concentration problems or even, um, even uh, in, yeah, let's take it to the extreme, people with a, a post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, war veterans, whatever. Uh, all these breathing techniques and this meditation that uh, we learn in freediving is so beneficial for everyone. So I hope one day to bring this science that we uh, have now in freediving to bring this to a, a wider, a broader public. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Super powerful. And I can vouch for that anyway. Everything that you just said I can vouch for because I've never actually done freediving. <laughs> I'd love to give it a go for sure. So when I'm over your way, I will definitely... Uh, seat you out and give it a go but i can vouch yes you're welcome the breathing the breathing techniques for sure and i've done i've just played around with and maybe play around is not the right word but i've uh, practiced and worked with breath holds and trying to max out my my breath hold on dry land and 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 working with and without oxygen and dealing with co2 whilst i'm uh, on dry land so i can vouch for all that and the the profound effects it can have on all elements of your health and well-being Yes, you mentioned the CO2. Uh, this is very important, of course. So um, as you hold your breath, uh, your levels of uh, carbon dioxide are, um, are going higher, you know. So usually when you feel the urge to breathe, it is not because your oxygen levels are low. It is, it is because your CO2 levels are high. And that is a common misconception uh, amongst beginners. So we as freedivers, we train to, um, to deal with higher levels of CO2. And we actually call this a CO2 tolerance training. So the more advanced uh, freedivers, they will slip, swim uh, several laps underwater with uh, specific um, rest intervals. So the, um, the carbon dioxide does not have time to escape from the body. So every time we start a new lap, underwater we still have elevated levels of co2 in our body and this is called co2 tolerance training so the more you are tolerant to co2 the more you can deal with it and the longer you can hold your breath exactly exactly 
There is um, there is a book written about uh, the effects of uh, CO2 on uh, on our health and well-being. It's called uh, the Oxygen Advantage. Uh, yeah. You might have heard of it. Yeah, the guy, and, uh, an Irish guy. Yeah. Exactly, and um, he was um, he was recently on a freediving podcast uh, called Freedive Cafe talking about this. So this whole book is about um, about breeding. I. I hope I'm, I'm, I'm correct here. Uh, he calls it slight breeding. Um, so instead of overbreeding, instead of taking big inhalations, big uh, exhalations, he, um, he teaches people to breathe um, very slightly, a small inhalation and a small exhalation. And that is the way that we teach uh, students now to prepare for their dive. In freediving, we call this tidal breeding. So instead of doing these big cycles like we used to call this the breed up, like a big inhalation, big exhalation to the point of even uh, hyperventilating. These days, we have uh, a new knowledge about this. Um, tidal breathing is actually a better way because it keeps your CO2 levels high. And CO2 levels, higher CO2 levels, they, um, they make us deal better with lower um, O2. So they actually distribute the, the oxygen better in our system. Yeah, yeah. So no. that's that's a very interesting thing to uh, to know. Uh, there's a big difference between hyperventilation and between uh, tidal breathing, which causes higher levels of CO2. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's the same when people do hyperventilate, isn't it? People, the first thing someone would do would be giving them a brown paper bag, and not a lot of people realize that's to build up the carbon dioxide because you're breathing it in and breathing it back out again. And, that's what yes. a lot of people realize about the, the state of hyperventilation. So it makes complete sense. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, okay. The next thing I wanted to speak about would be your training. So I'm, I'm quite interested in the actual like training that you do. I know you've spoken about the breathing and stuff, but what's a kind of your, your week day to day or week to week training both in and out of the water? What are the kind of things that you, that you do yourself personally to improve your, your free diving skills. Yes, okay. So for beginners, basically you have to spend as much time in the water as you can. It doesn't really matter that much what you do. You just have to gain overall consciousness, overall feeling and start enjoying your dives. But once you reach like a higher level and you start training to, to, um, to hit some personal records or even national records, then you need like a plan, you know, you cannot dive every single day because it stresses too much the body. So you need to incorporate rest days and you need to uh, meticulously uh, sculpt this training plan because the risk of getting overtrained in freediving is, um, yeah, is very high. Um, the problem a bit with um, deep diving is that um, because of all these physical adaptations that happen when you dive deeper, like uh, I'm, I'm, I cannot go too much into detail about this because this would bring us too far. But there are things like uh, the blood shifts. Um, I'll explain it shortly. The blood shift is basically a mechanism uh, in your body where the blood uh, moves to your lungs to protect them. Now, um, we are not used to experiencing this. So when you dive deep, uh, these physical adaptations like, for instance, the blood shift, they happen and they create uh, free radicals in your body. That's why it's so important important for freedivers to eat healthy and, um, and get a lot of um, antioxidants to fight those free radicals. 
So it means that deep diving puts your body and your minds under a lot of stress. So if you would do this every day, you will very easily get overtrained. So um, that is actually uh, on the long term, uh, one of the most important things that a deep diver has to think about, not to get overtrained and to uh, minimize your deep dives. So you have to um, mix it up. You cannot do deep dives every day. So what I do is a, a healthy mix of pool training with uh, deep training. So deep training means going down. Um, for, my, um, for my situation right now, no fins is around 60 meters and the other disciplines is a, a bit deeper than 70. But I cannot do this every single day. That would be just too much. So I also um, do pool training, which is swimming laps under water. And the reason of this or the purpose of this is just to train my technique and also the CO2 tolerance training, which I mentioned uh, before. And apart from that, I also go to the gym because um, if I do not go to the gym, I easily lose muscle. And this is a problem that we see a lot uh, in freedivers because we are so busy freediving. We don't have time anymore to do resistance training, uh, weightlifting and then we easily lose uh, muscle. It happens uh, quite often that you see, uh, you, you get to know people and they're let's say like 80 kilos and they start free diving and a year later, they're like 10 kilos lighter. So um, for people who want to lose weight, I think uh, free diving is an awesome sport. <laughs> that is not my case. Yeah, I do not want to lose weight. I just want to keep, uh, I want to remain a stable weight. And that is quite a challenge actually in free diving. So today, for instance, um, in the morning, I did a deep session. I did a couple of dives to 40 uh, in different disciplines. And then in the afternoon, I went to the gym. Nice. And that is, uh, that is more than enough, man. Um, for the rest of the day, it's just eating healthy, uh, resting a lot. After each deep session, I take a nap about one hour, sometimes one hour and a half. And um, the time that I have left, I spend working uh, on my laptop, on my work doing my own marketing, um, preparing podcasts and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, if you, if you want to build something up in freediving, then you have to spend a lot of time on your marketing, of course. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm running a, a YouTube channel now. I, I started taking this series a couple of months ago, uh, Gert Leroy Master Freediving. So I try to upload one, one uh, video per week, uh, if possible, two and this takes a lot of time, you know. So I'm, I'm basically full-time uh, busy with freediving, either training or, um, or busy with my own marketing. Yeah. You don't have to explain that to me. I know all about that. <laughs> I know all about the marketing and the work it takes. It's, it's hard work, but that's awesome. I've checked out the, the channel as well. It's, uh, there's some good videos on there, so I'd highly recommend the listeners go and check out the YouTube as well after you've listened to this podcast. Um, what about then some, some tips for for people that wanted to get started, if people have been listening to this for like, what, the last 35 minutes or so, and they're like, I, I love the sound of this, I wanna, I wanna give free diving a go, what kind of tips would you give to somebody that's never done it, that is a complete novice, what would your tips be good for them? Yeah, the first tip would definitely be uh, learn to swim. So if you're a swimmer already, then you probably feel comfortable in the water. But if you're a non-swimmer, um, I don't really see the point of starting to freedive if you don't feel comfortable in the water yet. So um, although it is possible, you can start freediving as a non-swimmer, I wouldn't really recommend it. Uh, you need some experience in the water, you know. You need to, um, 
you need to um, feel comfortable. You need to um, feel like a fish in the water before you can start uh, freediving. So that, that would def definitely be my uh, first tip. And my second tip would be um, go to the gym. You know, if you don't have um, a background in sports, um, if you've never gone to the gym, then certainly start um, creating awareness uh, about your body. Because uh, freediving is a quite challenging sport. It is quite taxing on the body. If you don't have any uh, body awareness, if, if you're not really a, a sports-minded person, then it can be very challenging. So, um, yeah, get, get your overall health and, and fitness uh, on point before you start freediving. And also, would you say for somebody to, to seek out a, a, a proper coach, a proper instructor and do a proper course to start with? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if you, if you decide to start freediving, um, just um, search for a school. Uh, in the last couple of years, uh, schools, especially here in uh, Southeast Asia, have been popping up. Uh, freediving is becoming very popular. It's booming. Um, so just Google, um, Google a school and um, book your first course. Awesome. What about then your, um, your idea of where things are going to go with, with freediving in the future? Where, do, you see, do you see records keep on continuing oh, yes. beaten and like more people doing it? Where do you see the sport going in the future? Absolutely. It's booming already. Um, the last couple of years, there have been set so many uh, new uh, national records and world records. It's incredible. Um, Freediving is, um, is becoming a professional sport. It is not a professional sport yet, but it's going there. So it will take only a couple of years before the, um, the freediving athletes, the people uh, like me who, who dedicate their lives to this, and the people I train with here in the uh, Panglao Philippines, before they can call themselves real professional athletes. We are already professional athletes. We are training like professional athletes, but the sport is not yet at a professional level, but it's not going to take that much time anymore. Another thing I see changing is that uh, before, in the early days, um, we used to say that freediving, you needed a certain uh, age in life. Um, it was perfectly normal to uh, start freediving at 40, just like I did uh, and we had um, the, the famous uh, Natalia uh, Moshanova, which uh, was uh, considered the queen of freediving, a uh, world champion. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she started freediving at 40 and uh, had uh, multiple records at, the, at a later uh, age. So um, why is this? Because the older you are, uh, the more you can control your mind, the more you can look at life from a different perspective. Um, but also that is changing. Uh, we see more and more younger people getting uh, records. Um, we have uh, people in their 20s uh, being world record holders now. And that is because information and training schedules and uh, everything you need to know about freediving becomes more available. There is more people uh, putting out YouTube videos. There is more online information. There is specific uh, groups about freediving on Facebook. So information is accessible, whereas before, you really needed to be in that specific community and, and, uh, and, and train with those people to get to know the ins and outs of, uh, of the sport. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, changing a lot. And it's, um, I, I predict in a couple of years, it will, uh, it will be an, uh, a global sport. Also, I, I'd, I'd say that people's 
kind of perceptions and their preconceived ideas of free day diving are changing as well, aren't they? If you'd have said to people a few years ago, oh, anyone can start free diving and giving it a go and, and uh, you can go to this depth and you can do this, people would be like, no, that's dangerous, it's crazy, but now there's more education. We know more of the science of, of breathing and how the body reacts to different environments. And I think people's kind of ideas of what it's all about is changing and shifting in a positive way. Exactly. Um, you, lots of people they know freediving from the famous movie Le Grand Bleu in, uh, in English, The Big Blue. So um, this, was a, this is a cult movie from the early days of freediving. And that is usually what people think about when they think about freediving. Now, it's an old movie, of course. It's, 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 it's a, a marvelous movie. I love it. But freediving is not anymore what freediving was back in those days. So um, I think it's also um, something that we freedivers have to work on. It is um, putting out the right image, you know, um, making, uh, making the right um, publicity, um, sending out the right uh, messages, the right positive messages. And I think um, the best way to get the world fall in love with freediving is to talk more about the mental aspect of this sport. Because um, I'm into competitive freediving now, but that is not all what freediving means to me. This is just something I'm doing now. Um, I, I, feel, I feel I still haven't reached my peak, so I'm still uh, getting better. But if the day comes that I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm over my top, um, then I would probably stop uh, competing. And then I would focus on other things like uh, the mental aspect of freediving and everything uh, that is beneficial and that you can bring to a broader uh, public. So freediving is, is much more than just a competitive aspect. And if the world gets to know that, then they will uh, quickly um, book their first freediving course, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've got a couple of questions then just before we wrap things up, uh, Gert, because this, is, this has been great, but... Uh, I know obviously you're, you've got things to do and I have as well, but there's a few questions I want to ask before we, we do end the show. Um, one's more of like something that intrigues me more than anything is uh, where, where's the, where's your favorite place to, to dive or where, what's been the your best location around the world that you've, you've dived in? For, uh, for deep training, it's definitely here in Panglao in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, but for recreational free diving, let's say uh, taking pictures, making videos, and just seeing uh, awesome stuff underwater, I would definitely recommend uh, in Coron in the Philippines, the famous Barracuda Lake, which is um, a freshwater lake. Um, so you don't need a wetsuit. You can just go in swimming trunks. And um, there is an awesome uh, underwater landscape um, made out of limestone. Um, you should definitely go there, Barracuda Lake. And there are some other uh, places uh, you have in... Um, in Tulamben, in the northeast of um, Bali, you have the famous uh, U.S. Liberty shipwreck. Uh, there is other shipwrecks in Bali. Uh, there's many places, you know. Uh, there's also many places I haven't uh, discovered yet. So um, I think um, I think the next couple of years I'm going to have uh, a lot of fun. Um, next to training for freediving, I'm also going to shoot videos and uh, explore new uh, new underwater landscape. So um, I have a lot on my to-do list. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Places I want to go and see as well, for sure. And the Philippines is definitely one of them. So I'll, I'll, I'll add those places to my list. Have you, have you ever done any um, diving in the colder water at all, Gert, or not? No. Uh, the, 
No, re I don't really like it. So I'm from Belgium, so I, I definitely know how cold water feels like. Um, I did a, I did a course this summer in a diving tank, uh, at a deep pool in Belgium, uh, 15 meters, and it was uh, I think um, 20, no, not 20. So it was 17 degrees, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that was very cold because I'm used to diving in a in, in 29 degrees Celsius water here. Yeah. Uh, surface water here is 29 degrees, so we have a, we have a wetsuit, but it's very thin. I use a 1.5 millimeter or two millimeter wetsuit, and um, yes, it's just warm water. Awesome. What about then the final kind of bit of the show? What What's the the next? three to five years got in store for yourself? Where, where, what do you want to do personally? What's the, the goals, the aspirations for your career moving forward? For me personally, I'm going to keep on training a bit. Um, hope to set another, a couple of personal records. Uh, honestly, I do not think too much about records anymore. It's more about me training because I simply love training. Um, it gives me focus. It, um, it keeps me uh, disciplined. Um, it gives me a, a direction in life. If I don't have this training, then um, I'm a bit lost, actually. So um, I'm really glad I have this, um, this, this free diving. And, um, it gives me a, a reason to stay fit and to, uh, to keep on going, you know. Uh, but apart from this uh, training or competitive aspect, I, um, I want to travel the world and I want to discover new places to free dive. I want to teach people. I want to introduce people to freediving so they can uh, read the benefits that, uh, that freediving gave to me. Uh, and I want to shoot videos, man. I want to work uh, on my YouTube channel and, uh, and become a successful YouTuber. That's basically it. Nice. You don't fancy uh, coming and doing a freedive in the North Sea then? <laughs> well, if you invite me, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> too cold for you. It's too cold. <laughs> too cold for me. <laughs> yeah. We'll need a thick uh, wetsuit. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay, go. where can the listeners go to find out more about you? Where can they get some info? What's your Instagram, your YouTube, all of that kind of stuff? Uh, just let us know. My Instagram is Gert Leroy. My uh, YouTube is Gert Leroy Master Freediving. And I have a website, GertLeroy.com. Perfect. We always end my show in the same way as well. And that's with a favorite quote. And this can be one of your own, um, one that you live by or something that inspires you. Can you just... Uh, leave us with a favorite quote to end the show. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's, if this is really a quote or, or where I got it from, uh, but I like uh, the following to the bottom for the truth, because for me, freediving is a, is a mental thing. And it seems like the deeper you dive, the more you get closer to the truth, whatever that might be. So the truth is at the bottom of the ocean and to go there, you have to train, you have to make an effort. You cannot just go to the bottom of the ocean uh, without any training, without any skills. You have to make an effort for this. So to come closer to the truth, you have to train, you have to be disciplined. You have to, um, yeah, you have to become a skilled freediver, a skilled person, a person with a goal, with a direction. And then maybe one day you'll get there and get to know the truth, to the bottom for the truth. Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gert. I appreciate your Thank time. You, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Don't forget to subscribe, 
leave a review, and share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, peace and love.